Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. I apologize that this is getting out a bit later than we had hoped, but uh, we had some editing errors in regards to this episode, which is... uh, which is why this is getting out later than I had initially hoped for. So I apologize for that. I will bring Andy on in just one moment. But first, I have to give a mention and a big thank you to our latest patron over at Patreon, Sam Gino, who you can find on Twitter at Sam Gino Gino. So that's at S-A-M-G-I-N-O-G-I-N-O. Oh, so thank you, Sam, for becoming our latest patron over at Patreon. If you would like to join Sam, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press, or you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. You can get extra episodes. You can get early access to the episodes as well by becoming a patron over at Patreon and supporting our endeavors here. So thank you, as always, to our wonderful patrons over at patreon so um, without further ado let me bring andy on as he and i discussed the victory over milan and preview the match uh, against udinese all right andy and i are back it is just a couple of days after roma beat milan and one day before roma get the opportunity to travel to beautiful udine to face Udinese. So, Andy, let's first go back a couple of days. We were supposed to record yesterday, but it's my fault. Um, I had some things going on. But uh, Roma 2, Milan 1, certainly a good result. What did you make of the performance, though? Uh, what did I make of the performance? I think this was uh, a game that um, was won by the team that wanted it more, by a team that played with a lot of heart, and a team that played like a team. Um, because as horrendous as as Milan are and as dysfunctional and inconsistent we have been recently, um, Milan did not play like a team. We did. So despite you know, despite playing for I think close to thirty minutes with Antonucci um, as a midfielder slash winger with uh, Santon as a winger in the in the final 10 minutes with Setin uh, uh, in his uh debut game for for Roma um despite all of that despite the injuries despite the fact that you know we had certain players that had played uh, two games prior uh, two two days prior to that game and so definitely they felt something um they they still they came 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 to this game wanting more because they they clearly and I said it on this podcast I I hope Roma players as, are just as frustrated as I am at the refereeing at the the bad luck uh, the inconsistency uh, from games like Sampdoria and recently Borussia Mönchengladbach and I was hoping for Roma to come out and and play like a team that wants a win and they did and and uh, you know I'm I I was very proud of the team I follow for some reason I don't know why I really don't pay attention to who I follow on on Twitter to my own it's my own fault but um apparently I follow a lot of Milan supporters and in their mind or the the consistent talking point I saw from them was that they gave the match away because of mistakes 
they weren't happy with the refereeing performance. For me, I, I didn't think the refereeing performance was that bad. The only thing that I, I could see For from sure. their argument yep. was Jekyll yeah, getting yeah. away with uh, that that episode on Musakio. Uh, but other than that, I, I actually thought it wasn't that bad of a refereeing performance at all. If anything, that was one of the least uh, notable, uh, most no- that was the least notable thing of the entire match. But I can I, I disagree with them in the sense that Milan gave that match away. If we want to go back, I would say the majority of quality chances um, to score a goal in that match, I would say most of them came from Roma. Roma had a higher expected goals, depending on which source you looked at. Nearly all of them had Roma at right about 1.5. I saw as high as 1.7. So uh, just below two goals for the expected goals. And I thought, again, I I, I feel like this is not a talking point when it should be. How many players are Roma missing? Other than the defense, that midfield, the attack, other than Dzeko and Veretu, I mean, it's right. all players who you would expect to be coming off the bench in normal circumstances. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I, th- I think with um, Milan fans, you know, and I think rightly so because the, the, their team just, just I, I don't know what the hell is going on and uh, what will be the final outcome of this season for Milan. Um I think their their issue was with the fact that you know Zaniolo's uh, goal came from one of the mistakes by Milan. I mean, Calabria basically served the pass to Jack on a silver platter, um, and and numerous chances afterwards for Roma were uh, stemmed from the fact that uh, you know Kessie just passed the ball sideways or Bilia just passed the ball backwards and didn't realize that a Roma player was there. So I think that was their talking point that Roma did not, you know, create uh, chances. They, they, you know, they, they, they utilize the mistakes made by Milan, but, but, you know, it's still, still that shows which team is focused and which team is not. And, you know, despite everything going against Roma in these recent games, they came out here and, and, um, and they wanted this result. And, you know, there were some so many. There are so many talking points to this game from a Roma fan perspective because you had, as you said, a lot of players that shouldn't have been there. Um, you had a lot of uh, unusual uh, appearances, like Setin coming on as as an additional uh, center back slash fullback, um, and doing well, by the way, doing 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 doing, doing very well, doing well. Yes, but let's not. You know, I. <laughs> As someone pointed out, we Roma fans get really excited over 15 minutes of like three touches. Um, so we do. And I, I saw, and by the way, I sarcastically tweeted out that he's already at the level of Manolas. And I, guys, listen, he was joking. Don't, understand, don't worry. He was if joking. If you don't understand sarcasm and you're on Twitter, do yourself a favor. Uh, in the settings part of Twitter, it looks like a little gear. Go to that and deactivate your account because <laughs> you have no business on social media. <laughs> well, yes, and you know it's so there was that there was you know uh, the the fact that so many. I mean, to me, I look at this game and you know usually we say which player we liked and which player we didn't like. I I liked every one of them, and I can tell you that even though Spinazzola did not, uh, you know, impress himself in my memory going forward, I think he he sacrificed a lot on the defensive end. I I think of Kolarov. Um, 
as a player that did not really show himself until that time where he just headed the ball uh, out of bounds. Remember when there was like, I think it was like right. near the end of the game and he just, Calabria was right in front of him and he just dove and headed the ball out. Um, and that ball could have, that that could have been the equalizer. Um, so it was, it was a team effort. It was players that were tired, that, you know, were unlikely to play. I mean, what did we hear about Pastore? Um, Fonseca, you know, uh, kept saying in every uh, press conference so far in these last three games that Pastore, you know, we need to monitor him. He's not really ready for a full game. Uh, he's still not there. He's still not there. And and what did we see? Um, Pastore played 90 minutes, over 90 minutes, 95 minutes. He And he was active. He was one of the most active. That was what was surprising to me because Pastore, we, in a Roma shirt, we are used to him seeing flashes of brilliance mixed with like awkward moments of nothing, basically, and zero contribution on the defensive end. The guy was tracking back near the end of the game. He was, he was tracking back on defense. He was pressing up against Romagnoli. He was doing everything. And... And that's what it took to win this game, you know. Uh, so obviously, it's a great, it's a great win, and it's a statement win. But the effort uh, was tremendous. I can only imagine how tired the players must be uh, leading up to this game against Udinese. But this game, really, as a fan, it got me pumped. It got me pumped too, and I believe that was the first win against Milan in two two years. Was that right? Something two like two years, kept... yeah. Uh, ever since uh, Spalletti's last game against Milan at home with uh, nine Golan's goal. There you go. Um, really, I agree with you in the sense that all the performers I thought were rather positive. Although I did have a couple of people tweeting at me why I wasn't criticizing Spinazzola and that I have an agenda against Florenzi because I wasn't tweeting about how bad Spinazzola was. Uh, I don't know what everybody else was watching. I didn't think Spinazzola was bad at all. Um, did he struggle a bit at the back? Yeah. Did he get the ball away a couple times? Yes. But uh, I, I didn't really have a problem at all with his performance. Really, the only performance I took issue with was Davide Santon coming on the pitch for about 10 minutes and gifting two sensational opportunities to Milan. But other than that, yeah. I thought everybody was very positive. I think one of the talking points we also need to point out, Gianluca Mancini in this midfield role has done spectacular. Yeah, and I, I can argue that this was a, a much better game by him than Borussia Mönchengladbach, and that already was something. You know, we I, and I think in this game against Milan, he was much more active in in the midfield actually, because against Borussia Mönchengladbach, he would often switch and and go back and form the back three, but this time around, he was all over the place and. And he did his job so well that there were times where Jordan Vertu would go as far as uh, the opposition line. He would Jordan Vertu sometimes basically played like an additional trequartista. He was um, he he really Mancini, you know what what to me always stood out about him and what I said when we got him is that he is very physical, and he may be sometimes clumsy, sometimes he's too you know too active. He, sometimes he does too much, and that's why he gets yellow cards pretty often. But definitely this is a player that is has a great mindset and whether you know you're down or you know the opponent has just equalized he's playing the same way does does he puts a hundred percent effort into it and 
he made his presence felt against Milan. And I think that was a much harder task to do because I think Milan were loaded in the midfield in terms of the way they played. They concentrated their game on the midfield and 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 he was great with uh, along with Vertu in disrupting their play. And um, so to me, obviously, this is not, not a long-term solution um, because I want to see him back as a center back. But obviously, if, you know, if, if this is an emergency situation, he's doing brilliantly. I think another player who is doing brilliantly, and I, I think it's worth what we have to absolutely highlight him because I think he's... He arrived with a bit of uncertainty, sure, but Chris Smalling, I, I don't know. Listen, we could. I, I hate when people make lists of uh, the top five, the top seven, whatever best defenders in the city op. But I'm hard pressed, and I'm not just saying this because I support. Aroma. I think this I is going to backfire on us. Is, is this going to backfire on us? Is, are you going to jinx us? <laughs> no, come on, no. I, I mean, we have to be serious about this because how, how much. Um, there were a lot of us who were apprehensive about Chris Smalling arriving. Yeah, sure. I mean, certainly questions were asked. Hey, this guy couldn't make it at Manchester United. He's the third choice. Uh, all of a sudden, he is going to arrive at Roma, step into the shoes of uh, Costas Manolas, and suddenly become the best defender here. Uh, you've got to be joking. Well, he has been exceptional. He has not put a single foot wrong. And other than... He should have had a goal against Milan. I don't know how he missed that. But other than that, he didn't make a single mistake. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's... First of all, okay, first of all, because then I forget, and I think this was a very important talking point about the game, the set pieces, man. Finally, we are we are getting something done on 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 uh, on corners, you know, uh, on corner kicks. That's 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 something new for me as a Roma fan in these recent years where we've seen so many chances wasted. Now we had basically we could have scored three headers in this game, and and it it, it was done always beautifully. Um, Jordan Vertu with the crosses in, Mancini, Smalling, and Jerko with the headers. Always a threat, at least in this game, which was quite impressive, and I hope to see this more often. Um, and then Chris Smalling, as I told you, I mean, remember when we recorded and we got him, and you know, people were had mixed feelings because you had expectations like Alderweireld, and and then you had other options such as Rugani and Lovren, and you know, you said, ah, you know, we picked the the least. Maybe, you know, I think somebody put it very well on Twitter. It's that meme culture got to us, you know. And if you're smalling and if you're part of the Manchester United that we've seen in, in recent years, there is no doubt in my mind that at some point in time you're going to be made fun of because that that whole team has gone through so many ups and downs. And, I mean, you know, look at his partners in crime and Phil Jones, um, walking meme. Uh, David De Gea, who last year was 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 just a meme machine all over the place, um, and so you become part of it. And I I was pretty certain that coming in here he would become a different player, and maybe not become the best defender in Serie A, but certainly bring in some of his experience, some of his physical presence, uh, and and that's what he does. Um, and he's a player that you know doesn't show off. Does his job very very well. I I like the way he communicates with his teammates. He certainly has made some. Uh, uh, he's made himself comfortable in the squad. He fits right in. 
if if you're Roma right now and you're losing pieces all over the place, the least you can hope for is to have a reliable backline. And right now we have it, so let's hope this this keeps up. Let's hope they you know they tighten up even more because there were some mistakes made near the end of the the match. Um, a bit of the concentration, the, even that that goal from Teo Hernandez was an example of a backline that just fell asleep for a second there, and you know you can't afford it because Roma always have a tough time coming back from, from, from those situations. I think he's been really good. He's certainly now, I wasn't nearly as pessimistic as some others may have been when he first arrived, but did I expect this level of performance? Absolutely not. And we talked about it in the previous episode, but I I do hope maybe it's a bit early, but I do hope Roma are able to find a way to keep him. Now, obviously, a lot of that is dependent on price. Again, I can't even venture to guess what United would want in return for him in terms of value, but I think he's an important piece. And the part that has surprised me and what we heard when he first arrived, a lot of the the knocks on him, so to speak, his ability on the ball, do we think he'll be able to adapt to a tactical league, a slower league? I mean, he's done well in all those regards, right? I, I, I don't... In terms of where there may be question marks on the pitch at any given point for Roma, uh, Smalling is never one that even enters into my mind. Yeah, and you know, what what has impressed me actually is um, because we can say a lot about Costas Manolas and Costas Manolas did a lot for us and uh, he's, he saved us so many times and there is no doubt that he was a great, great defender. But one thing was that he was moody extremely moody and so he I remember he had those moments where he would go and be the best defender in the league basically and then he would just you know a, a result wouldn't fall his way and that was it and he would demoralize himself and he'd go on on two or three game runs where he would be basically non-existent and Roma would concede and and here you know at least in the games he's played so far, Smalling doesn't look like that kind of player. He doesn't. He. It seems like every game he comes in focused and he comes with the right attitude. And um, this, that the same thing goes with Mancini. And I like that pairing. I like that pairing more than Fazio, but that's only my opinion. Um, I, I think, I think. Listen, I think Smalling can be the right player going forward. Now, there's been rumors of potentially Manchester United being interested in, in in keeping him. I don't believe that right now, especially since Manchester United have so openly expressed their their will to move forward with this old squad. They've sold pieces. They've loaned out pieces. So I don't think they're going to go back to uh, the old pieces. Um, so I think Smalling, all in all, can be a very important player for us. Um and the important thing for me is that going forward, if if Roma manage to achieve their objectives, they stick to what makes what made them successful. And I hope that a reason for Roma to be successful in the near future is a solid backline, which we have lacked uh, uh, for a long time. So we brought him up a bit earlier in the podcast, but Pastore, what a very curious situation. This is with him now because you're slowly Zaniolo is obviously he's not hurt. He's present, but he's been playing on the right wing. Pellegrini in the next couple of weeks will return as well. But I could make the argument that he has made a legitimate case for himself to be given 
important opportunities? Or do you disagree with that? Do you, do you think, listen, when Pellegrini returns to the fold, things should go back to how they were, get Pastore a minor role? I, I, I saw some criticizing him against Milan, and, and I do think he, there were opportunities where he should have scored a goal. There is no doubting that. But I, even if you were the most optimistic and, and most um, persistent of Pastore supporters, even you would have to admit nobody expected that performance. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see why anybody should criticize him over some missed chances because really, I mean, the guy, um, we were struggling in the beginning to sort of set rhythm, set, you know, create chances, and he was the one doing it. Um, he was very dangerous, and as I said before, he did everything. That's why I loved him in this game so much because we've seen flashes of brilliance before from him, but this game... He really put everything on the line. He sacrificed himself, tracking back. Uh, as I said, it was, we were nearing the end of the game, and he was still pressing up against the Milan defense, um, forcing them to to go backwards instead of forward. Uh, seriously, he, he did everything. But again, I think and Fons- I think Fonseca realizes this because I like the way he managed him into these games. Notice that only yesterday he, I mean, he could have he could have taken him out. Right, I mean, he had Antonucci on the bench. He could have taken him out because that's what he usually uh, did in in the previous games around the 60th, 70th minute. But he didn't, and I think that was planned. I think he he knows what what Pastore's limits are. Um, I don't see Pastore being, you know, a, a starter for us in you know on a game in game out basis. But definitely if if you know if you can work on him and and get these stretches of two three quality games where you see that he really does everything for the team then that's great because one thing that i had always an issue with pastor is that despite being so great technically and, and so skilled sometimes he would just shut himself off and and stop playing for the team but play for himself and remember last year many times he would come on as a substitute and he had no idea what really what he had to do. I remember, um, I may be wrong. It was like a, a game against Kievo or something like that. It was a shitty game against a, 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 a shitty team, and it was tough and wasn't going our way. Or maybe it was Spal, and he just came on as a substitute, and he was dreadful because he he ran around like a headless chicken. And <laughs> against against Milan, he played with a purpose, and I think that applies to the whole team. I agree. I, I'm very curious to see how Fonseca handles him going forward. Hey, speaking of Fonseca, uh, I saw uh, your tweet on him. How about that Italian of his, huh? <laughs> he, spe- he, was... speaks, he speaks more fluently than Insigne. <laughs> I, I mean, at least I can understand Fonseca. Uh, Insigne, uh, Cassano. I mean, I don't even know what those those guys are better off speaking Croatian. Oh, for sure. Uh, Fonseca. I mean, he's play, he's, he speaks better than most of the players that have been here many, many years. Um, uh, you know, I, I really don't. I uh, that caught me off guard when I caught that because um like up until like 3 weeks ago he still or 2 weeks ago even he was just using his translator constantly and right. I think he right. understood what you know that that you 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 can't manage uh in Italy without Italian and being Portuguese that's definitely probably you know not as difficult as probably learning Ukrainian um so 
in Italy, if in sports and in, in football, if you don't speak the language, it's always going to be difficult, and they are they're always going to use that against you. I don't I don't think there is a foreign manager who's who's coached in the Italian league um, who succeeded without speaking the language. Yep, spot on. Hey, I want to talk about the Udinese match next, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Take your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the games from your couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and get back in the game. The best part is if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code LATEFEES to activate the offer. That's promo code L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So Udinese now, Roma face, or they go away to Udre, and they're facing a team that just came off a 7-1 to hammering. Sounds familiar, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Um, Perotti gave an interview yesterday where he said, I've been here for too long and we've we've had matches where we have an important win and we follow it up with a bad loss or, or dropping points and get a, right. getting a bad right. result. Um, maybe it's just me. This is me doing the curse, but I don't think that will happen. I feel like this Roma have a completely different mentality under Fonseca. Is that how you feel or do you think – uh, somewhere deep inside that Roma DNA is still within all of these players. Well, Roma DNA is something that in order to get rid of, you need to uh, throw it into a fucking volcano, like uh, like the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, you know? Like you just have to drop it. You just, it has to, you have to just burn it. Um, that doesn't go away. But, but I will admit that, you know, when you ask me, are we going to get a result uh, against Milan? And I was hesitant because I really didn't know what the reaction would be like from the players after that disappointing result against Borussia Mönchengladbach. But now, I, as you said, I feel I feel quite positive about this game. Um, important thing: no more injuries. Important thing is to 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 have um, because again, you know, Pastore, uh, are you gonna get something out of him in this game? Are you are you going to get the pastore you you saw against Milan? What's the you know th- 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 those are very important pieces to the puzzle. You are going to have Clivert. Clivert plays completely in a different way than than Perotti, which all in all I liked against Milan. I think he did Perotti things. He sort of wasn't uh, the center of the stage, but still did pretty well. So you're going to have Clivert there. Um, at least you have Under coming back. Maybe that can give you a spark that Antonucci definitely hasn't given you because, you know, as as young as he can be, I really don't see that much quality in him. And perhaps that's why no team has really given him a shot so far. Um, 
so yeah i mean i think what i based on the on what i when i what i saw fonseca say today um you know we haven't achieved anything this team needs to learn to be hungry this team needs to learn to win on a consistent basis and want to win on a consistent basis not that you you take things for granted um i remember uh, and perhaps you also remember remember what the game that we we followed uh the great historical barcelona win with what was the game do you remember i do not enlighten me it was the it was the derby it was a derby and it was probably the least felt derby uh we've ever had in our history um and we we that game was one of the ugliest games you could possibly see it was, i think it ended nil zero zero it was it it was everything the opposite of that Barcelona game. And so Roma can 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 do that. They have a great game. They go in back into the another game and they come out uh, pleased with themselves. They are not hungry enough. And I think uh, Fonseca is not one to allow it. And one of the other things that I liked is that Pastore said at the end of the game that finally, you know, finally we have a, I have a coach or I can rely on a coach that speaks to me, that speaks with me, that has a dialogue with me, that doesn't hide behind uh, formulas and game plans and whatnot, but actually engages with the players. And that that's very important going forward. And I think that can be the key to partly solving the Roma DNA issue. In all respects at Fonseca so far, like if you had to give him a grade, I mean, do you really have any complaints? I I understand in terms of results, um, probably a little bit behind where we ideally would want to be, but you would at least have to give them the benefit of the doubt in regards to the injuries. That's not his fault. Um, We could make an argument some refereeing decisions played into that, certainly against Cagliari. But as as far as just giving him a grade to date, surely you have nothing but positive words to say about him, right? Or do you have some misgivings about him? You know, um, I think that uh, for, uh, he did a lot of things right, and I I will I would give him a positive grade, and um, because as you said, there there's been so many things going on uh, that are out of his reach. Uh, and I, I really, I don't, I don't think people realized how important this win against Milan was because you, you know, you just, you just had nothing there. You had nothing there, and and somehow you got everything out of those players. That those players gave everything. And you know, as a side note, I, I think it's important because we always get say that we have a little bit of prejudice against certain players. Well, I want to clear things up. I want to clear the record, okay, here. So I'm going to make an important statement that you might have seen on Twitter from me. Um, yeah, oh, okay. I think I retweeted to, it. But for those who didn't see... To me, to me, one of the... Prob- I th- I would say, to me, the the man of the match was of in this game was Dzeko. <laughs> and I absolutely loved what I saw from Dzeko. I think he he was he was so this was a game where he he was the leader I always wanted him to be. I always said I, you know he pouts, he's he's moody. Sometimes he just becomes lazy, but in this game he was just a force to be reckoned with. Never gave up on any play. He was always there, always engaged with the teammates, always led the attack. Um uh, tracked back on defense, did everything and you know, 
that that was a really great performance. And uh, again, credit to Jekko, credit to Fonseca, whatever the case may be. There is something that has changed in Jekko in this season, where it is you know the will to redeem himself from last season, the the new coach, the maybe new a new new better chemistry within the team. He plays differently. That game was fantastic um, from him. So I I tip my hat to him. Um, and then back to Fonseca. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I Hold think... on. No, 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 no. You have to say <laughs> what the tweet, what you <laughs> said and what the tweet you responded to was because those who don't speak Italian won't know what you said or the tweet you responded to. So the yeah. original tweet from our well... from our good friend Trap Money, he said, Zeko's haters no longer write half a tweet about him. They, what an incredible humiliation they brought home. And then you said, as a hater of Jekyll, I admit of having lost this battle. But it was, you know, I, I, that, those, were the, those were words spoken in, in the language of social right. media where you have to sort there, of... There's a bit of a uh, meme attached to it. Um, yeah, you have to, you have to hyperbole yeah. everything. You have to uh, make, you meme everything to sort of enlarge. Right. Their, yeah, you have to to, to, to sort of make everything seem relevant and funny. You gotta, you gotta be part of the meme culture. So uh, it's, I was never a... Je- I would never label myself as a Jekyll hater. I would label myself as a Jekyll critic. And I, I, I always thought that he has tremendous talent, but I never liked his attitude. And very rarely did I see him really lead the team. Um, Kill me, kill, kill me for it. I, I'm opening the DMs. You can just <laughs> come at me for that. But that's the truth. And in this, in this, in this Milan game, I think this was the first game where he was captain, and I liked him play. But I, I usually don't like Jekyll when he's captain. I don't know why he rarely performed with the armband. This time it was, it, it was like somebody got into him, you know. And um, I think he, with this game he became. The, Roma became the club he's played most game with. That's that's an achievement. And it, you know, if if this guy really is set on making his on continuing to make club history, then he can be a great contributor to this team. And this is this is what I always thought. Um, it's just that last season he didn't give me any reasons to defend him. Yeah, I feel like this season too, particularly from um, from a leadership standpoint it it just looks like he's taking a step forward now obviously you and I have no clue what goes on inside the dressing room but at least from an outward appearance perspective he at least looks more motivated he looks more settled and he's delivering on everything we criticized him for last season I mean, at this point last year, I, be- I-, I looked it up the other day. I believe he only had yep. two goals to his name. Do so- you remember? Do you remember what was happening this time last year? Do you remember what happened? As I think as early as September, what the storyline was in that game against Bologna. It was the game where apparently Jeko and El Shirawi came. Had the you fight. Know, uh, had the fight, and Jeko was really uh, verbally, let's say, abusing uh, uh, El Shirawi in the locker room. So. There was a lot of things going on behind the curtains that we are probably not aware of to the extent that they were happening. Um, this year, it, it it may be different, and that may be a factor to to Jekyll's different play because so far, even when he didn't score, um, he was always 
there to be found. And and in this game against Milan, he was all over the place doing all the right things. Absolutely agree. 100%. I, um, I've been so pleased with everything I've seen from him so far. Um, no complaints at all regarding Dzeko. I, the, the level up that he's taken this season has been extraordinary. And, and the sacrifice, in- the sacrifice, man, because this was the game he was supposed to come back for. And this was his third game back with the mask. I, I don't know if he does that last season. And maybe we can just chalk last season up to a one-off. Maybe it was just one of those seasons. He had the contract issues. He didn't know if he was going to leave in the summer. We already know Inter were talking to him well before the end of the season. So maybe that unsettled him a little bit. Who knows? But, I mean, he's delivering in all respects. And he has delivered some crucial goals. I mean, how many – without him, I I, I, would, I haven't totaled up the number, but he had the winner against yeah, Bologna. Sure. He had the winner against Lecce. He scored one of the goals here against Milan. Um, so he's been playing a huge role. So – um, he's been absolutely critical uh, to Roma this season. So uh, that's where we're going to leave it. We'll, uh, we will be back after uh, the match against Udinese, where hopefully Roma can continue or start a, a winning streak here after the good result against Milan. So if you could continue to download, like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff for all of our content is very helpful in all of our endeavors here. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, ciao.